This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and WWE's Jackson Riker, Chad Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. I am Chad Lale. And we thank you for joining us for another episode. And uh, we have been journeying through the book of Acts. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite books. And we, we talked last week about, about faith. And the book of Acts um, is, is huge on the faith of Jesus Christ and, and what he did for us. And, and we talked about the boldness of the apostles and how they have been completely different uh, after Acts chapter two, when they were filled with the Holy spirit um, and how the gospel and Jesus changes people. And so that's kind of what we're digging through in the book of Acts. It's a interesting study. So we thank everybody for being along with us. And um, before we get into the good news, I guess we could uh, start by sending our condolences, thoughts, and prayers to uh, the families of the assassin, Jody Hamilton, as we're recording this, uh, got news yesterday that he passed away. And then today, uh, longtime uh, wrestling manager and promoter, Burt Prentice, uh, passed away. So uh, I, I really hate hearing the news of both. And, uh, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with their families. Yeah, man. I never, you know, I talked to Burt Prentice uh, <clears throat> a few times years ago when I was dealing with him and he and, um, you know, Bill Barron's with NWA. Never got a chance to meet him, never worked any of the Tennessee shows or anything like that. But I heard tremendous things about him when I spoke to him. He was always, always a nice man. Now, I did not know about Jody that you just mentioned. So that's a new one. I did uh, do some shows for Jody down at the old deep South uh, venue, probably not even still there, but so that's a new one for me to hear. I hate to hear that man, but um, yeah, definitely sending prayers and uh, condolences to, to the family members there. Yeah. Uh, Jody, I met, um, I was with Ted Allen. We went to Jody's house. It was probably 2005, 2006. Uh, went and Ted had bought one of the old WCW power plant rings, uh, yeah, from Jody. And that was my first time meeting Jody. And in fact, he had actually invited me to come down, uh, to deep South. So whatever year they had just started, uh, deep South doing WWE developmental, uh, you know, he had invited me to come down and, that was one of those times I look back and I really wish that I would have really went for it, but I was kind of in my mind, I wasn't ready yet. Sure. And, uh, didn't want to go in and, and make a bad impression, but, I, but, uh, he was nice. The times that, uh, I met him and now Bert, uh, was huge in my career. Um, uh, sitting at home on a Saturday at noon and, USA championship wrestling comes on Chattanooga <laughs> channel 53 and, uh, and they run this, uh, thing about band boosters and school, um, 
benefits and all this other stuff, you know, Hey, contact. And it flashed the email, Bert NWA at gmail.com. Yeah. And, uh, and so I sat there and I was like, you know, I, I'm a year and a half into the business and, uh, I'm working at a little show in Georgia, just kind of growing and, I was like, ah, it's a crazy idea. And I'm sure I'll never hear anything out of them, but I'm going to email. Them. And so I emailed and sent a, the, the most God awful promo pick. <laughs> <laughs> I got and, some uh, too. Okay. He, uh, he actually responded. Uh, I don't remember if it was a few days later, he responded, set me up a tryout match. I went to Nashville for the first time and, uh, did a, I guess you'd call it a dark match before one of the TV tapings. And, yeah. and I come back and he looks at me and he says, uh, lose that gut kid. And I'll make you a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> lose the gut. Yeah. The went, hey man, what about dusty roads? Hey, can we just do dusty roads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. man. But you know, uh, when I first walked in that locker room, it was like a culture shock for me. Uh, yeah. cause you know, uh, TNA was hot at the time and they were still in Nashville. And so all of, all of the TNA guys that, that lived close, they were working for Burt regularly. And, you know, uh, I walked in that locker room and it's like all the guys that I'm watching on TV, the, the naturals and Cassidy Riley and Joey Matthews and kid cash and Chris Michaels. And, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. no, dude, feeling. I get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, NWA, we're going off on a wrestling tangent here, but it's okay for real quick. NWA Anarchy was the same in 2006 when a buddy of me and my buddy Anthony True Fields at the time, you know, sent in our VHS tape to get booked. And, and luckily we had some, some guys down there vouching for us. Scotty Rand, a good buddy of mine, Jason Justice. Um, but yeah, man, we walked in that locker room and we were like, just because we knew in that venue, like the history of, who had went through there, AJ Styles, you know, the Hardys, uh, R-Truth. I mean, the names go on and on. So when we walked in there, we were like, boy, we got our, we got our work cut out for us. Just, you know, because it was a, uh, it was a close knit group of guys that you knew performed every single week to put out a TV product at the time. Uh, and it was a family. So we're walking in as these kind of like outcasts um, guys that, you know, eventually earned the respect and was kind of adopted into the family. We've got to transition into gospel from there. But uh, so I feel you, man, like it, it's, you know, it, it, so I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, that's, but it was a, it was a good thing for my career. And as, as for yours, of course, yes. uh, you know, it Amen. was a good thing. And uh, anarchy was a legendary place. I only got to go down there. I think once uh, Brian and I went down and, when we were the fabulous blondes and we worked uh, youth gone wild on a oh, yeah. TV taping one time. And, I know and then, but, uh, but yeah, awesome. I mean, great, great stuff, but uh, thoughts and prayers to those who have passed away and uh, hate to hear the news, but uh, prayerfully they're in a better place right now. That's right, man. That's right. So, all right. So uh, Acts chapter three, you know, last week we were talking about the faith of Peter and John and this lame man who received his healing. 
uh, he had been crippled laying at the gate and, uh, you know, he was healed by the power of Jesus. And I, you know, I told you one of the big things that really stood out to me in reading this, uh, and other chapters in the book of acts is Peter never missed an opportunity to preach the gospel. And you, whenever, uh, the people gathered around and started looking at him and John, uh, he was quick to say, Hey, this was not us. We didn't do this by our own power. It was by the power of Jesus Christ. And then he proceeds to tell them who Jesus is and what he has done. And it's just a, an amazing, uh, amazing thing. And it's, it's something that we, uh, all as believers, this should be a regular part of our walk. This should be a regular part of our day. And, and, you know, I told you it convicted me because for so many times it's not so many times presenting Jesus is not always my first solution. Sure. Sure. Sometimes I believe God will throw us a, a he'll lob us, man. He'll lob us this softball and we'll just literally watch it go by and hit the ground. Uh, I mean, there's moments I can, I can look at sometime walking throughout the day, throughout the week, traveling in an airport, you know, where I have this opportunity to share Christ and uh, God allowed me the softball and I just, I miss it. You know what I mean? But then there's other times where it's like, Hey man, you know, you'll kick off a conversation with somebody. Uh, you'll share a little bit of your testimony, whether it be me wearing a Jesus shirt in the airport or reading a good book, you know, someone notices on the plane conversation starters I've noticed, but uh, we have to take advantage of those moments. I think, um, and, and like Peter did and like these disciples did uh, just share who Christ, you know, is in our life, man, and, and how he can he can refresh, um, literally refresh your living and give you a new perspective. You know what I mean? Amen. And speaking of refreshing, let's let's pick up right there and read uh, chapter three, beginning at verse nineteen. Uh, Peter, when he's telling these people, preaching the gospel to them, he says, "Repent, therefore, and be converted." that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before you brought this to my attention earlier. Uh, the refreshing that comes in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, dude, it just, you know, I'm reading it. I'm reading Acts 3 the other morning, very early in Chicago airport. And for some reason, you and I talk about it. We'll, we'll, you know, I can read Acts 3 and 4 or 5, 6, whatever. But sometimes when you're reading, just one word will kind of pop out at you. For some reason, refresh. Uh, my Bible says, uh, I have the ESV. It says that times are refreshing, I believe, is the same as the, the KJV as well. Um, you know, so I kind of cross-reference those, man. But to... For me, I, and I told you this story earlier, I started thinking today as I was in the gym about, you know, refreshing. What does that mean? What is, um, how do I think about that? And I remember being a kid and it being a hot summer day, man, outside running and playing, doing whatever I did with my cousins. Um, and the greatest thing as a kid was to pick up this water hose, allow this, you know, hot water to flow through it, but it eventually became cold and drink from that water hose. Now, you know, it was the most refreshing thing ever to have this cold water, you know, that you could get 
uh, at any given moment being outside. And it just, you know, I felt the Lord say, you know, that's, that's me in your life. That's Jesus, that living water, um, yeah. you know, that he talked to that Samaritan woman about when he was at the well. And, and the Lord was just telling me, that's me. That's how you should live, you know, your life daily. And, and dude, you and I talk about it quite often on here, how we fail, we fail. You know what I mean? There's some days I wake up and I'm not, I'm, I don't go to my refreshing water hose. That is Jesus. You know what I mean? When I should. Um, but that, that word just really stuck out to me, dude, to just be refreshing and, and knowing that putting my faith in Christ, uh, it gives me a sense of having the, my burdens lifted. It gives me a sense of being a new creation. Uh, it gives me a new, I guess, perspective every single day that I wake up. If I can just get to that, if I make myself go to that well, you know, it's not Jesus going anywhere or being absent. It's me choosing to be refreshed by Christ and refreshed in who he is in my life. Right. And uh, this made me think of uh, Isaiah chapter 28 verses 11 and 12. This was Isaiah prophesying about the coming of the Holy spirit. And he said, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing yet. Yeah. They would not hear. So the refreshing is the presence of, of the Holy spirit in our lives. When when he was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Now, you know, we have that opportunity to go to Jesus and to be in his presence and to renew our mind. And we know there's so much clutter. There's so much garbage that we, even if we are trying to be the most holy people in this world and we keep our headphones in with only, uh, Christian stuff playing, we're still going to take in some things of this world. And there's all kinds of clutter that, that comes in, even if we're not looking for it, but getting in the presence of Jesus and, and letting him refresh us uh, on a daily basis is, is so, so very important. And it's, it's not something when I read those verses Cause I read over them this week too, but it didn't jump out to me like it did you until you pointed sure. that out to me today. And I was like, man, that's, that's the truth. Yeah, man. So we have to go to that. And then I was reading, um, I got it here marked in the Bible as well. And just maybe think about uh, reading through first Chronicles 17. And it's talking about, you know, the Lord's covenant with David and, how David, you know, in First Chronicles 17, uh, let me see if I can find the verse. Oh, yeah, David speaking of building, you know, uh, whatever, a tent or a, a structure for the Ark of the Covenant because, you know, he said, Behold, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is under a tent. And Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. And I just go on down here and it talks about, you know, the Lord came to, to Nathan and, and told him to prophesy to David about how he is he's building this house from the dwell in. But the Lord says, for I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up Israel to this day, but have gone from tent to tent and from dwelling to dwelling. And it made me think that like the Lord 
lives in all of us. Like Christ lives in all of us. The Holy spirit lives in all of us. And we, we have this opportunity every single day to be refreshed. We don't have to go to a certain building. We don't have to go, you know, we got church on Sunday, obviously, but you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, us, and I've been there before where I'll go to church on Sunday and that's my refreshing moment. And then Monday through Saturday, we've talked about this, how we just, live our lives in hell or live our lives in guilt and shame and stuff like that. You know, that was years ago in my life, but just to read that, uh, that's, that spoke to me as well. And then jumped right into acts three, where it talks about refreshing. It's like, Oh, you know, man, it's like, I don't, I can go to the Lord any time of the day, bro. There's funny moments where <laughs> I'll be laying in a tanning bed for Pete's sake. I'm talking about this, but I'll, and I'll just, I'll just start praying to God. I mean, it's like, you know, I guess I heard Dr. Brown speak of it on his radio station last week where he was talking about, you know, he'll be on his treadmill or he'll be driving in his car or he'll be getting um, a haircut, whatever it is. And he'll just under his breath or in his mind just start talking to the Lord. And I was like, that's refreshing. You know, that's spiritual hunger. Uh, you know, and that's where we have to be in our walk with God is just knowing that he is always present. He lives in us. We don't have to go to a building. We don't have to go, uh, nestle into our office or anything. Uh, we just need to find that quiet time and, and draw from that well, bro. So Amen. I love it. Yeah. Paul said, pray without ceasing. So, you know, yeah. we can, we can constantly pray. And I, I believe so many people who maybe have a religious outlook, uh, they think that you can only pray or you can only seek God if you go to a church building. Sure. And, and so many do that. So many go to a church on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever day they go. And then the rest of the week, they live completely defeated lives and they're trying to live by their own power. But we've talked about it before. That's the beauty of what Jesus did because after the cross, the Holy Spirit came, and now he lives in each and every one of us. He is present with us constantly. And we don't, we don't have to just go to a building or go through rituals and routines to seek him. He is with us. We can pray to him. We can talk to him at any time. And anytime we feel that we need that refreshing, or we need that renewing of the mind. And men, you talk about it being for us a lot of times, first thing in the morning. Uh, but I mean, if I really sit down and think about it, my primary uh, reading and one-on-one -on -one time is first thing in the morning, but looking at it and thinking about it, I'm like you, dude, I, I pray all throughout the day, just, and, and that's part of being Holy Spirit led, because if right. if you let the Holy Spirit lead you, he'll come to you throughout the day and say, pray for this, pray for this person, pray for this situation. You know, so that's a that's a constant. It's about a constant relationship with Jesus, not just a yeah. once a week or once a year or whatever. Right. And, and you look, I mean, man, we're, we're touching base on three and four, uh, Acts three and four here. And you're talking about Peter, every opportunity that he had to preach the gospel, he did. You know, this is a, a man we talked about his wrongdoings where he denied Christ. But then obviously you go into the book of Acts and he's filled with the spirit and, and completely just changes his life. Um, so there's something to be said there about 
the power of the Holy Spirit and who he is, um, you know, and who Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is in, in the book of John. So, I mean, it's something for us to learn there of just taking this opportunity that we have to be led by the Spirit, to not want to live life and sin, um, to be convicted of things that we need to change, you know, man, and just um, allow him to help us not only to pour into ourselves, but to pour into other people when given the opportunity. And sometimes I feel like, and you may, you know, attest to this, that there are times where it maybe uh, you feel nudged by the spirit to do something and you, you, you're like, ah, is that the spirit or not? You know, but I, I do believe that you truly know, like if the spirit's nudging you to, whether it be tell someone Jesus loves them, give them an extra tip. I don't know, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? But just to like, you, you know, if it's the Holy spirit or, you know, if it's your own, you know, I guess, uh, head telling you, Hey, do this. Cause most time, if it's something that's like an act of kindness and it's a repetitive, like, you know, kind of uh, nudging, it's the Holy spirit. It's not you. Cause you know, our flesh, we, what, dude, I don't want to go to a restaurant and give an extra tip, you know? <laughs> like, but, exactly. but, be, but you know, the Holy spirit has, has nudged my wife before. And she goes, Hey, I, I, I think we need to maybe tip a little more or Hey, maybe buy these people's groceries or something like that. But dude, yeah, I don't, I'm going off on a tangent here, but that kind of is, is what we're trying to say is just allowing the spirit to lead you in all circumstances. Yeah. And, and on that note, uh, you mentioned that I got, I was, uh, listening to a preacher one time and he said that he was going through a, a line at McDonald's and he said he felt something, uh, when he got up to the window telling, telling him to, uh, tell the lady at the window, uh, or give her a hundred dollars and say, Jesus loves you. Yeah. And and he said he fought with it and he didn't do it at first. And he drove off and pulled to a parking space and was sitting there arguing with the Lord. And he said, I, I just don't know. Is it you Lord? And he said, he said, it was almost like an audible voice. God said, do you think Satan is going to tell you to bless someone and tell them that Jesus loves them? <laughs> Absolutely not, dude. Nope. He sure is. It's that flesh that's going to try to get in the way. But no, I've, I've been in those situations before. <laughs> yes. That's a good story. Oh, man. But anyway, here in Acts chapter four now, we see that uh, all of this commotion from this man that was healed, um, the religious leaders uh, bring Peter and John before them and I think it's, I think it's uh, very interesting that, like you mentioned a minute ago, the Peter who denied Jesus three times because he was terrified for his life. Uh, now, here, it's almost like I believe every chapter since Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter is confronted with a life-threatening situation. And he, he preaches Jesus and yes. that's, you know, so the religious leaders have, have, uh, Peter and John in front of them and ask, um, by what name have you done this? And, and verse eight of chapter four, it says, then Peter filled with the Holy spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, 
If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Wow. I mean, you know, just we're just talking uh, a few days ago, he was terrified and, 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 you know, denying Jesus. And now he's standing in front of these same people who he was terrified in front of and saying, the Jesus who you crucified and God raised from the dead. He's the one who did this healing. It shows that God will give you, you know, sometimes you, you are, and we go all the way back to Moses where Moses said, I, you know, apparently Moses, when we're reading in commentaries, had a speech problem, um, you know, wasn't a good speaker or whatnot, stuttering or something like that. But, uh, you know, the Lord told him, you know, I'll speak for you. And it goes, goes to show that even with Peter right here, who, if you go back through the gospels, uh, and see the things that Peter did from, you know, <laughs> arguing with John and arguing with other believers and all this stuff. And, you know, you come into acts four and you got Peter, this bold, you know, the rock that Christ built his church upon, he's giving him the words to say, you know what I mean? He's filling his mind. The Holy spirit's filling him with these words to say to the same, uh, you know, leaders literally who, who, crucified Christ. And, and my Bible has a good little note here about Acts 4.10. This says, let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. So it says that Peter's first point here in, in chapter, verse 10, turned the tables. He was, he was now the accuser instead of the accused. He was telling them whom they had crucified. And to me, that was his way of sharing, you know, the gospel, because I think they knew who Peter was. So how could he, you know, it, it makes you wonder, like they see the difference in Peter because they knew Peter from whatever years or months back before Christ was crucified. They knew who this guy was. He was a, a cheat, a liar, all this other stuff, had an anger issues and all this. And here he is a completely changed man. Um, sharing the gospel with these guys. So it goes to show that the Lord, I believe, will give you the words to say and also um, just how changed Peter was and, and kind of reborn into a new creation there. Yeah, definitely. He goes on here in verse 12 to say, or, or well, verse 11, it says, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And verse 13 says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. See that? See that? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of what we were just touching on a minute ago, man. I mean, these guys were fishermen, literally fishermen and, you know, tax collectors and all this stuff. But, you know, they, they recognized that they had been with Jesus by their, by their testimony. And this was, a, I mean, this is apparently, uh, and it says they, so chapter, you know, verse 13 says they, so you're already knowing that they're talking about, you know, 
uh, the high priest and the Sanhedrins and all of these who were well-educated men and, and, you know, in the old Testament, the Bible. And, um, so for them to recognize that they had been with Jesus, is like, you know, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You know, if, if the Lord, you know, if G- the Holy spirit can do this 2000 years ago, uh, you know, the Bible states many times that Christ lives in us, the Holy spirit lives in us. And, and, we will do far greater things. You know what I mean? And, and it just makes you go, okay, you know, Chad Lell here in Mooresville, North Carolina, you know, I think that I'm whatever, I can't share the gospel or I'm, I'm how do I do this, man? The Lord's going to give you the opportunity. And when he gives you the opportunity, he's going to give you the words. I truly believe that he's going to give you the knowledge. Uh, you know, he, he's going to give you that wisdom. And, and so it just shows right there, man, if, if people are going to recognize that Jesus like there's something different about Casey, you know, there's something different about Chad. It's happened to me before um, in a job where a person recognized the difference in me and they were going through a situation. And this person approached me and said, I don't know what it is, but something is different about you. Um, I need some help. I'm in a terrible time in my life. And, and right there was that softball. And thank God I hit that one. and did just go, yeah, man. Like, you know, God's good. And just walk off, you know what I'm saying? No, I said, I, no, I didn't. I said, well, brother there, you know, um, this may be your thing. It may not be your thing, but I do a weekly Bible study with a bunch of men that just get together, drink coffee and talk about Jesus. And I said, you're more than welcome to join us. And this gentleman, a good friend of mine said, um, you know, I, he goes, well, I was raised Catholic. And, um, but you know what? tell me when and where he goes, I'm, uh, I am desperate and, and I need something and I'll be there. He goes, I love coffee. He goes, I know about Jesus. So why not come check it out, man? Lo and behold, long story short, he ended up six or eight months later, uh, giving his life to Christ, like, you know, just changing him, bro. So it, man, you know, you don't always have to go raising a Bible screaming, you know, Holy spirit around. It's how you live your life and how you show people, uh, the difference of who you are. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I'm sure you can attest to that as well. Yeah. I, I've had, I've had uh, several occasions where that happens and, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. And, you know, a lot of times we've talked about it before. A lot of times it's in the locker room. A lot of these guys who knew yeah. the old Casey, you know, they're expecting Casey to come in with a case of beer in his bag, you know, and, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, what's, what's going on with you? But, you know, uh, a lot of times, people come to me when they're like you said, going through things and they just start asking questions. It's not like I'm running around, uh, on the job, beating people over the head with a Bible. It's just a lot of times when people can see that difference and, and they know that something is different about you, uh, the Holy spirit draws them to you. So, that's mm-hmm. part of our job as believers. It's not just, we've talked about it plenty of times. It's not just the uh, pastor and evangelist and teachers and church leadership who are supposed to be spreading the gospel. That's our, that's our job. And, uh, you know, a quote that I want to say, I first read it from a Smith Wigglesworth book. Oh, great. Uh, but I, I've heard it several times since then. And, uh, there was a, a variation of it in the book that uh, you just sent me that I was reading this morning, but it, it says, 
God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, sir. A lot of times we are terrified that we cannot do what God's calling us to do. But just like it says here in verse 13, they perceived that Peter and John were uneducated and untrained, but they knew they had been with Jesus. So there's something about the Holy Spirit. He is our power source. He is the one who motivates us to preach the gospel. And I know there's another place, maybe Matthew 24, somewhere in there where Jesus is talking about how, uh, how you'll be delivered up in front of rulers and, and this and that. And he says, he says, don't worry about what to say in that moment. The Holy spirit will tell you what to say. Right. Right. And I do believe we, we will face those, uh, those trials where, um, you know, we're faced with boldness where, whether it be in your job, uh, and some people with a spouse, family, friends, where they're going to try and degrade you or try and bash you down for your beliefs. And it's then that we have this opportunity. Do we deny Christ or do we, you know, um, show them how bold we are and continue to do the right thing in spite of what the world's saying or who, who you know, whoever's convicted or not convicting, but tell, you know, trying to just break you down. What do we do there? And it, and it reminds me of real quick. Um, yeah. We move into chapter four still, you know, verses uh, 18, 19, 20, where they, where they all come together. And so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But once again, bold Peter, bold John, Answer them whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. And verse 24, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. You know, these men walked with Christ, you know, physically touched Jesus, prayed with Jesus, you know, loved on Jesus. And we don't technically have that uh, amazing privilege to physically hold Jesus's hand and say, please, Lord, pick me up. We do know by our testimony and uh, the things we've seen, the gospel, what's in our heart, how this Holy Spirit convicts us that, you know, what we've seen and what we've heard and what we've experienced as believers, um, that we have to continue to preach God. We have to continue to preach Christ, no matter who tells us, hey, stop talking about that. Stop tweeting about that. Stop this. Stop that. There's a moment where we have to sit back and go, oof. All right, Lord, um, are you really number one in my life? You know what I mean? Mm. And and that's the thing is is how bold are we when it comes to to uh you know sharing the gospel? Like, you know, we see this these amazing um the disciples, what I call mentors in our life throughout the Bible that show us just how bold they were, uh, in spite of dude, murder, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, even you go through Right when we get, when we'll get to it eventually, you talk about Stephen, I believe it was, and stoned to death right there in front of Saul, and he didn't uh, he didn't deny Christ. He took those stones, he took that death, and he he looked at it as you know he's about to meet Christ face to face. You know what I mean? Boldness, man. Yeah, and that's something you know. Some people say, ah, that's not my personality. It's it's not my personality to be. 
you know, to stand up and speak out, but it's not about your personality. The boldness of the Holy spirit will move on you. And, and if, you know, it's, it's one of my constant prayers is father, just continue to fill me with your boldness. I want to be able to speak Jesus every time you give me the opportunity. I don't want, uh, like we was talking about, I don't want to pass up an opportunity. Don't ever let me cower away when you give me an opportunity to, to preach Jesus. So, you know, we should be praying for that constantly. Lord, just fill us, fill us with your boldness, fill us with your strength and your power. This is not of ourselves. This is all of you. And, and when we come to that place where we can rely on him, we can rest and trust that he's going to speak through us, that he's going to bring the opportunities. Then uh, we're in a good place. And it's drinking from that water hose, brother, that dirty water. hose. <laughs> when I was a kid, it didn't matter if it was dirty. It didn't matter. I was like, this water is good. And it is just that refreshing, you know, just knowing that we have that refreshing Holy spirit living in us. And, and real quick, I've been reading some, uh, John G lakes. Now I don't know, uh, Casey, if you're familiar with him, but mm-hmm. you know, he was, uh, an amazing minister back in the 1800s healing, super spirit filled. And I'm reading uh, a book full of his sermons and, and this one's called spiritual hunger. And, uh, it just starts off and it kind of touches base of what we're talking about. Matthew five, six, blessed are they, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And he goes down, down through here and he says, righteousness is just the rightness of God. It's the rightness of God in your spirit, the rightness of God in your soul, the rightness of God in your body, uh, the rightness of God in your affairs, in your home, in your business, and everywhere. And I believe if we can thirst after that righteousness and being holy and being Holy Spirit filled, that no matter where we go, whether it be work, home, um, the tanning bed, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the backstage locker room, whatever it may be, people are going to see there's a difference in you because you've been thirsting after that, you know, just that, that, um, that righteousness that is in God and in Christ. Amen. I I believe that's a good place to wrap it up for this week, man. But uh, great episode. And uh, I hope that it's a blessing to others. Yes. Likewise. Yeah. I hope you're definitely. And and, and we we definitely look forward to the feedback as always. I know Casey's keeping me on the loop and people who are Instagramming about it. We just thank you guys for tuning in. You got any requests or anything like that you'd like us to speak on? Hey, feel free to shoot it to us. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. And you know, I've always told people, uh, you have any questions, feel free to send them in. Uh the only stupid question is the one that you do not ask. So, <laughs> you know, feel free. Prayer requests, questions, comments, uh, just want to chat, whatever. Wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Yes, God bless. You've been listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at Jackson Riker WWE. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith. 